by Dixon, finding Smith, but Thomas charging through the midfield, Thomas, it's up for grabs now, Thomas, right at the end. Hello, you're listening to the Steve Ball Collective, this is what is known as an Arsenal podcast. Now I'm really lucky today because I'm actually talking to somebody who is an old school Arsenal fan, not only that, he runs his own website, so um, say hello, good evening to... The one, the only, Danny, the GFP. How are you doing, mate? You are right? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. Thank you very much for coming on. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's um, a life life a dream. Oh, what, so you've actually fulfilled a lifelong <laughs> fantasy now, have you? <laughs> yeah, it's been nearly, nearly three weeks I've dreamt of this. <laughs> God, that's quite sad, isn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> How's, how's the hats, by the way? Yeah, they're all right. I've had uh, there's um, oh, some woman on Twitter. She she's picked a new one for me. So it's my daughter's. Um, I think it's a mouse hat or, or oh, no, it's a penguin hat. So that's my my Twitter avatar at the moment. A penguin one. Fantastic. You look good, mate. I must admit. <laughs> well, I bought about I think about fifteen or twenty hats for the for my car, so I don't get a sunburnt head. And so one of them, my favourite one, is me wearing uh, a balaclava with the nose coming out through the eye. Oh, really? And so that's, that's always good. Is that what you wear down White Hart Lane? <laughs> I've, I've been to that shit hole twice. <laughs> it's not really worth a visit, is it? <laughs> No. That was my first ever game was there. Really? Yeah. What year, what year was that then, Dan? 1987. And you recovered? Um, oh, it was horrible. It was my, I remember the first few games I ever went to, I, had, I, um, I don't know if you were the same, but you don't really take much notice of the football, do you? You take more notice of, uh, of your surroundings, and we had been pelted the whole time by the, by the, the Spurs fans. Uh, it was the only I've been to three four hundred and six games, and the only time I've ever seen violence is at both the two away games at Spurs in eighty seven and eighty eight. Yeah. We were actually my old man drove me down there, and we were leaving Spurs. We beat them. We uh, they scored first, then we won two one. I think Thomas and Rowcastle might have scored. It's a long yeah. time ago, and we got in the car. We were driving um, just out of the ground, and there was three or four blokes running after us, punching the back of the car. <laughs> no. Well, it, no, so when people say, to, "Hey, did you have food on board?" <laughs> well, <laughs> they were running on all fours, so I think they were struggling to keep up. Bless them. Yeah, it's nice to see that they've actually carried that kind of reputation on with Bale, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, hate him. Yes, yeah, so that's the when people say to me, "Is there any violence in football?" I say, "Never." In four hundred and four games or four four hundred and six, I've only ever seen it twice. Well, so it's, uh, I think it's a myth that there is any. Yeah, I must admit, the only time I've actually seen it was, was um, back in the early 70s, and that was the um, uh, the West Ham and the North Bank when we got moved um, over to the clock end. So it's the only time I've really seen yeah. massive amounts of it. Uh, the other time was Chelsea, uh, but that was in the days when uh, the head um, hunters were just forming everything else. So um, well, it's yeah, nice to actually yeah. see that disappear out of the game, to be quite honest. But It is. Don't need it. I mean, there was a lot of uh, people thought they went, didn't go for the football, did they? 
No, it was just down there for a, for a booze up, a, a smash up, and then go um, rather than watching yep. watching what was going on the ground. But you know, that was what it was at that time. But I must admit, these days Twitter it's it's almost like seventies um, and eighties again. But it's 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 on a um, internet format. Oh, it just amazes me the number of morons that get on there and think they can say what they want, when they want, to whoever they want. I think they're going to get away with it. Yeah. They keep getting done, but they still keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? And to be quite honest, and there are cool about the team, and some of the stuff you come out with, you just think, well, why are you putting that out there? That's just nonsense, complete nonsense. Don't knock your team while they're going in for a game, for example. I mean, poor old Ramsey last night was getting so much shit on Twitter before the game went ahead. It was just like, what? What are you talking about? We haven't even played yet. Uh, he does. He does get a lot of grief. I can see why he gets a lot of grief, but he's twenty-one. I mean, yeah. how many of those people who give him grief could do better at twenty-one, let alone ever? Well, no, exactly. Of course they couldn't. Yeah, you know. and he's a he's a confidence player as well, which isn't good for him. He's had a couple of good games. QPR, he was good. Yeah. Last night he was all right. I mean, he got an assist, but he made he made the mistake where he lost the ball and then went in for the tackle straight after and missed that, and then they I think they went down and scored, but. Well, yeah, he just needs time. He does. I mean, it's like, it's like all players. I mean, let's face it, we gave the Dutchman eight years, so um, surely we could be a bit more patient <laughs> with Ramsey. <laughs> yeah, but you'd think if Ramsey was playing in midfield alongside a, um, a Vieira, someone to take the pressure off of him, it'd be all right. But when Ramsey's playing, he knows he's got an umpa behind him playing defensive midfielder who should never be playing in defensive midfield. Just shows how good Arteta is yeah. to be able to play that position. Yeah. If he had some, if he had some twelve foot seven behemoth like Fellaini playing with him, he, he could he'd be free to go and do what he wants. Well, you but reckon, he isn't. You reckon that Fellaini's going to be one of our targets then for January? I don't know. I think Everton have got more sense than to sell him now and then lose out the possibility of um, getting Champions League because that's going to be an extra 20, 15, 20 million they'll get if they get into it and yeah. then sell him. Yeah. Much like, um, who was that team who's, uh, who just got in the Champions League for the very first time? Oh. And they, uh, yes, I know you mean, yeah. Yeah, and they just sold all of their players. Oh, uh, Montpellier. Yeah, they've just got in there because there was a lot. Of, there was no, seriously, they've they've never won the French league before. So they won the league when they were halfway this season in the January transfer window. Um, Giroud and all other players like that were being were being looked at, but they had enough sense to keep all their best players in January, knowing that if they win the league, they're in the Champions League, and then once they get to the Champions League, sell all their players, which is what they did. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, well, it's, it's endemic in football, though, isn't it, really, when you think about it? I mean, there's so much um, sort of wheeling and dealing come on just because they, they need to make a profit to survive, which is, well, as you know, it's my uh, mine and Ray's bugbears, the way that um, Arsenal are going down at the moment. Everything is profit and nothing is actual um, uh, history or uh, calibre of the club. I mean, to be quite honest... Uh, um, we've had tickets and that for years and years and years, but you know, when you actually see a lot of the the local fans disappearing and that, it is quite sad. When football is coming down to just the fact that everything is coming down to money rather than down to the fans who used to support it. Yeah, I mean, I had a season ticket for twenty seasons, and then I, I had one season at Cashburton and gave up. I'm not interested. I mean, what, it's what not my th- club anymore. What do you think of that ground? I hate it. I hate everything about it. When I say it's not my club anymore, Arsenal is my club. Yeah. But the players, the ground, the staff, everything like that is, isn't what... I mean, you go to Highbury, you were a fan. 
You go to Cash Burton, you're a cash sign that they want to try and milk for every penny. Yeah. That's it. They're not interested in anything other than, like I've said on Twitter many times, the, the rule at Cash Burton is come in, single file, sit down, shut the fuck up, get up at half time, get milked for your money, sit down, shut the fuck up, leaving an orderly queue at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how you can be told to actually sit down when you're actually trying to celebrate a goal is is yeah. is outrageous, isn't it? Really, it is. It's just so so wrong. But they need now that it's been proved with the um, uh, I need said Leveson inquiry. Then it wasn't Leveson, was it? It was the other one about the um, the all sit all seat to stadiums. Oh yeah. Now that it's yeah. been proved that we all know that it really wasn't the Liverpool fans' fault. Maybe there's some scope now to be able to have uh, standing in stadiums again. Can you imagine Arsenal actually bringing in a standing... I mean, it would be fantastic to see that on the North Clock Bank. End. Clock end and North Bank. Have yeah. 10,000 standing each end. Yeah. And imagine the atmosphere that would actually come back. Oh, it'd be, it'd be absolutely brilliant. And the stadium would be up to maybe 70,000, 80,000 if we could do that. Yeah. Can you I don't know that? if they pack them in like they used to. Can you imagine that actually happening? I can't. Nope, not at all. No, not when you've got Although, the likes of Stan and Gazidis and everybody else in charge. No, it was just too much ruckus. It'd be too much mess for them to clean up afterwards. They can't have people enjoying themselves. Well, uh, that plus the fact you would probably wake up um, Chips, Keswick and um, Lord Peckham because obviously they need to have their rest while they're actually uh, watching a game. Um, what really winds me up, and I, I've seen it time and time again now, is um, particularly sitting in where we do at the Emirates, which is the 1938 side, and you just see all the people in the like the Diamond Club and the the club section everybody seems to get up and leave 10 minutes before half time 10 minutes before the end yeah. and they also then come back um, 10 minutes before um, uh, the game's even started so you think well why the hell are you there watching an Arsenal match so they can impress their friends and go would you like to come and see the common people we're going to watch the football who's playing I don't know but we've got sandwiches and we've got free drink yep I'm going yeah I mean that, you, I don't know whether a lot of um I know a lot of overseas Arsenal fans get a lot, a lot of bad press because they haven't been to the, the ground and everything else. And, you know, a lot of them um, obviously quite rightly support Wenger because that's probably all they've ever seen or anything. But yeah. it, I think it's about time that a lot of, um, particularly a lot of the younger fans, need to look at the stuff like the Black Scarf movement, the Red Action and everything else. Now, I'm not, as you know, you probably listen to me on, on the podcast, I'm not here just to yeah. kick everybody out, and that's it. I've got a lot, you know. I've got a lot of admiration for Arsene Wenger. I think he's done, uh, uh, well, he's done a bloody marvelous job um, since he's ta- taken over. But he needs to be questioned. The guy has um, complete overall of the whole of the club and everything. I mean, if I'm looking at a manager, I want to see what he's actually doing on the pitch. What I don't want to see is that he's choosing bowls for my Kia. Um, to make sure that's the right kind of thing that's been eaten out of for his players. Um, you know, am I wrong in that? Yeah, well, I was listening to Alan Davies talk about this, and he was saying that it even goes down to the fact that um, he has the same catering. I mean, would George Graham have had anything to do with catering? No, absolutely Would he not. ever? No. Absolutely not. No, but not. I get the feel that Wenger is even starting to get a bit pissed off himself with his hands being tied the whole time. I wouldn't well, be surprised if when his contract is up, because he said he'll never walk away mid-contract. Well, but when his contract is up, yeah, yeah, when his contract is up, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves. Because I think even he can see now that the club aren't going to be doing what they they should be doing with all that money. When they start paying dividends to the shareholders, then we're massively fucked. Oh yeah, completely. I mean, uh, I did a piece um, for a, an, another blogger on this, 
and I was amazed that one of one of the re uh, responses I got was um, just a oh, typical um, typical no no knowledge Arsenal. All you're doing is whinge, whinge, whinge. I was thinking, well, uh, uh, he said, oh, so you're making up your own truths. Well, the thing <laughs> is, uh, this was coming directly from a bloke who was actually in the uh, um, uh, meeting at the time. You just think, well, are people that blind to what's going on at Arsenal at the moment, or is it just a case of the old school know what's going on, but the new school don't want to accept it. Well, but it's not a matter of not spending the money. It's don't sell players. That's all we have to do. If we wouldn't have sold any of the players that left, we'd have won stuff. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, you look. I mean, Man United are a one-man team at the moment. But imagine if he was hit, he was with us with Walcott being the way he's been this season. Walcott is having his best season ever. I mean, look at the corners Walcott is doing. People are scoring from corners. When was the last time we saw that? Yeah, no, I think that was when true. Steve Williams last took a corner. It was the last time we scored from one. <laughs> that's how long ago it was. <laughs> uh, that boy, that boy could take a corner though, couldn't he? I remember at Highbury, one of my first seasons being there, and seeing Steve Williams take corners—absolutely stunning corner taker. And Theo reminds me of that. You know now that when we have got a corner, especially with Giroud playing there, that we've got the possibility of scoring. Yeah, yeah, and it, and you know, you know, nine well. Well, I wouldn't say nine times out of ten the way we're playing at the moment. Seven times out of ten, it's going to happen. Yeah, which is one more one more way we've got of uh, of trying to score, trying to keep pressure on the opposition to try and win the game, which is something we've not had for the last three or four years with the Dutchman. Because I'm not sure if he thought he was any good at taking corners because he was shit. <laughs> I mean, at free kicks, free kicks he was all right. He, he scored a couple of good ones, like the one against Cholton about a hundred years ago. Yeah, but I mean, uh, he should. When you're a striker, like I'm sure Ian White said once, you never catch me taking a corner. That's not exactly what he said, but that's the gist of what he said. I don't take the corners. I'm waiting for the corner to come in. Why was the Dutchman taking bloody corners? Well, exactly. But, yeah, it's probably because at that time we had nobody in the actual um, uh, team who were uh, either brave enough or um, yeah. of equipped enough to actually take one. I'd like to see anyone take one. Can't be that hard to get the ball in, in, the, uh, in the box somewhere and wait for someone to try and put it in. Well, we don't seem to be doing that well with it. Well, well, let's look at the Everton game last night. I mean, we go yeah. we go ahead in the first what fifty six seconds of the game. Um, yeah, something like. And then nothing for the rest rest of the game. I mean, I don't know about you, but there's I I was saying it on the on the podcast the other day. I still think there is something intrinsically wrong in Arsenal somewhere, and it's it's, it's got to be down onto the uh, the training pitch. There's too many distractions. And there's too much going on of the fact that we're um, a corporate franchise um, to make money um, eventually for certain people, yeah. rather than concentrating on what really bloody matters at the end of the day, which is winning games and win, winning trophies. And I don't care yeah. what kind of trophy we win at the moment, but I want to see some silverware back in our, uh, in our trophy cabinet rather than a plastic yeah. cup, which says qualify for Champions League again. I don't know how you feel about oh. that, Dan. Well, that is that's a wonderful trophy that qualifying for Champions League, but I think luckily Chelsea are falling apart. So I think the League Cup could be ours this season because we're the only decent team in it. Yeah. Plus we're scoring about fifty goals a game in the League Cup, which is always good. But as, <laughs> as you want about you want about on the pitch, I think a lot of it's defensive. Like Keown, I'm sure it's Keown has come out a few times and said that um, there is no defensive coaching at the club, and it's only since the likes of Metasaka have come in. 
who uh, who's played a hundred hundred games for Germany. I think since he's come in, he's he's um, passing on his defensive knowledge to the rest of the team, and I've noticed a difference. Yeah, but there is no defensive coaching. Well, Lots I mean, of players thought, have said that. I thought. I mean, when when we first started the season, and I made the mistake of doing this, of saying what a great job Steve Ball was doing. Yeah, three clean sheets in a row. Yeah, but all of a sudden that seems to have completely fallen apart. But is that on the back, <laughs> well, is that on the back of um, having talked to um, Stuart Robson about it? That um, apparently he's, he's had massive falls out with um, with Arsenal about what he does on the coaching side. Yeah, I mean, I hear Stuart Robson a lot on. He's on Talksport a lot, and I really like the bloke. And see, that's just that's another sign of modern gooners. They don't like Stuart Robson because they don't like to hear the truth. Yeah. Stuart Robson is brilliant. He's a good coach. He's a he knows football, and he was a good player. Yeah, and people don't like it when he comes out and says stuff. That's why like Ian Wright gets a lot of grief as well. Another one, it amazes me that we have legends of the club like O'Leary gets a lot of grief. So does Adams, and so does Wright. Three of our best players ever get no end of grief because they speak the truth about what's going on. I mean, O'Leary's a bit of a tit at times. <laughs> but you look at most other clubs, you'd have legends like that. They'd be celebrated the entire time. Yeah, I mean, well, can, I mean, you, I know that, can you imagine that, if, if Thierry Henry came out and said, "Well, actually." Um, attacking wise, we are pretty useless, and defensive lines, we you know we're crap. I mean, what kind of reaction yeah. w- w- would he get with that? Would everybody be slagging him? Of course they wouldn't. And it just well, annoys me because he's from that generation. Anybody beforehand, apparently, he's not allowed to have uh, an opinion on Arsenal because they weren't involved in the Invincibles, and that's what winds yeah. me up. Yeah, what winds me up about Henri is uh, I say my top three players ever is Adams, Bergkamp and Ian Wright. People go, why no Thierry Henri? And I'll probably get grief over this like I do on Twitter. If you demand to leave the club, I don't want to know you. Yeah. So if you're, if you're an Elka, Overmars, Petit, Vieira, Henri, Fabregas, all of you lot, you can all bugger off. Because if you demand to leave that club and then, then leave us in the lurch... You can bite me. I'd rather see. I'd, I'd rather have Ray Parlour above most of them. At least he's a proper gooner. At least he didn't want to go. At yeah. least his heart was the club. But all yeah. those others, like all the people stick going, Thierry Henry's uh, an absolute legend for what? It's like some idiot in New York was arguing with me saying Thierry Henry made Arsenal the club they are today. I nearly <laughs> shit the bed. I was furious. What do you mean Thierry Henry made the fucking club the, the, the club they are today? No, he fucking didn't. So how about the likes of. Uh, of Herbert Chapman and uh, that lot, and the, who was the bloke? The um, oh, the one who, who uh, was in charge when they moved us from uh, from the south up to the north. Oh, oh, oh um, Henry. Was it Henry something? Yes, it was. Oh, Chris, what's his bloody name? I'm oh the, God. Um, yeah, I know what you mean though, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's when he moved us from um, from Woolwich up to um, to Highbury. Yeah. Yeah, I could name ten people that are more important to the club, but that just sums up. Here I go again, moaning about modern gooners, but that just sums so many of them up. They think that everything is 2004 is the be all and end all of Arsenal, but it bloody isn't. No, 1886, that's when it started. Yeah, 1913, that's where I think was it. 1913, we moved to Highbury. It was, yeah. Yeah, I'm just reading a book now about um, about us, the the making of a, a modern no making of a modern super club. I've got that one. And I've got the the new one that some bloke, um, Untold Arsenal, he wrote a book about it as well. Yeah. And that's a really good book. I think it's going from uh, from the late 1890s to about 1925. 
I'm reading that one at the moment as well, and that's pretty good. I'm reading, let, people need to go out and read books about the history and then come on Twitter and start talking about Sir Henry Norris. I think that was his that's name. That's Sir Henry Norris. And also, uh, a damn good book to go and read is um, uh, Hapgood's book on the Arsenal, which is absolutely oh, Ed, superb. Eddie Hapgood? Yes. Well, uh, yeah, I've got... It's just like one of, the, one of the legends, and you just think, well, what that guy achieved, um, particularly in Captain in England and everything else... Um, <laughs> a plane with broken bones and everything else and that bloke was Arsenal through and through but there again, yeah. much like, like the rest of them, um, like the Ted Drakes and um, everything I've got else that one. I doubt very much in 20 years time we'll be reading the Sir Chips Keswick book, will we? It's a colouring book <laughs> Well, where's Chips? <laughs> yeah, that's it where is he? Yeah, he's there under the tartan blanket of his bovril at half time complaining about all those horrid people shouting and making lots of noise good lord he, uh, he can barely count his money yes. uh, are they upset to the fact that we were actually counting our money good lord <laughs> <laughs> complaining that there isn't any uh, any notes bigger than a 50 pound note because he's struggling to stuff them all in his duvet well, as he leaves the club well that and trying to light a cigar money. <laughs> hey? that and trying to light a cigar oh dear I mean, it's just, just all, so all, annoying that all joking aside, I mean, what do you see the future for Arsenal this season? Um, yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, well, it looks like injuries aren't the problem they are. Vesicki was on the bench again last night, so yeah. he's coming back. I think the only players we've got out injured is Fabianski, which is probably a good thing, because yeah. I'd rather have Minoni over him. Um, so injury-wise, which plague does most seasons, doesn't seem to be bothering us. Got and then it's all, about, I think it's all about confidence. Diaby? Diar- I, I like Diaby. I mean, I, so, I heard some talking about him saying they saw him walking away from a cash point and he was walking and he was almost knock-kneed and they were saying that his hip displacement or his knee displacement was so... You could tell by walking that he's going to be permanently injured. I can't remember what the rest of it was, but the fact that he's, he's just going to be constantly injured because of the way that he walks and the way that he runs. I think there was another Premier League player that it might, have been, might have been a Spurs player, that um, they found out the way, reason why he was always injured is the way he slowed down from full sprint. He was putting so much pressure on his back. It might have been Neil Lennon or another one of those scumbags. <laughs> and then he was always getting injured. And someone pointed out, said, this way, when you're flat out sprinting, the way you slow yourself down, you're slowing down too quickly. And that was what's causing his injuries. And I think with Diaby, that he's got so many problems because um, it's not getting injured by, by tackles or strains like most people is it's, uh, it's, it's the way that his body is built he's just not well maybe he's just not built to be a footballer yeah right. but as for the rest see, I mean it's lovely seeing him play those first few games of the season he is the uh, he's such a versatile player I mean he can play central midfield he can play out wide a little bit he can play in the Burkamp hole I yeah. could even probably play out front a little bit um, I must admit, if he, 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 was, he did look very Vieira-esque at the beginning of this season yeah, I remember when we first signed him, we were all singing. It was uh, Vieira. We? Oh, no, that was... Yeah, it was Vieira. And then Louis Belmorto, when we signed him, we were all singing the new Ian Wright. <laughs> as, as for this season, I think we've got a bloody good chance in the League Cup. Yeah. Because uh, I think we, we broke the record, didn't we, last game? The 7-5 beat the previous... What's that? Uh, that's, that's 12 oh, the, goals. I think the previous yeah. record is 11 goals in a game. Yeah. So we've already broken that record. I think we're on course to break the record for the most number of goals scored by a team in the League Cup run. I think Theo's going to be quite close to getting the goals record. I think Frankie Bunn of Oldham, I think that he might have had seven or eight. Yeah. So Theo's got five already. So I think we've got all those little targets to go for. And as long as he keeps playing Theo up front, we're going to do all right. So I think the League Cup, we've got a good chance of winning that. In the league, 
I think because of the merry-go-round at Chelsea, we've got a good chance of finishing top four beginning of the season. I thought we wouldn't get top four, yeah. even with the additions of the new players, which I think are three fantastic buys. Yeah. And I'm surprised to see Cathola still doing so well, because he's, he's not doing a Reyes and going, oh, it's a little bit chilly, I'm not going to play anymore. Um, yeah, so I think we're going to finish top four in the league, third or fourth. Yeah. I think it's, it's the two Manc teams that are going to finish first and second. We've got no chance for that. No, no, they're well ahead of, them, uh, of us straight away. Already, yeah, we, aren't they? And we've got no chance for that. Champions League, we're probably looking at um, what finals at a push, if we're lucky, depending on who we get. Yeah. Or maybe we should get Barcelona now and quit, save everyone the heartache. <laughs> if we ever eat and we're going to be done, probably Alex Song will get a hat-trick against us. He scored the other night, didn't he? Yeah, that was he did, a miracle. didn't he? Which is, oh. which is strange. <laughs> I thought they'd anchored him to the halfway line. He's only allowed to go 10 foot either side of the halfway line, but I yeah. think he managed to break and get it done. Well, apparently, no, they've, um, they've, they've nailed in a bloody great big uh, metal rod and he's got a bit of elastic and he's only allowed to go so far, apparently. <laughs> well, when they first bought him, because Carlos Puyol was out injured because he did his arm in, but Puyol's back now, PK's back. So I think that, and so it was Mascarano and Song playing at centre-back. Which is, I mean, both of those known as defensive midfielders in when they're playing in the Premier League. So it's, uh, I think you'll see a lot more of Song pushing forward more, like he did with us at his best last season. Because at his best for us last season, he was outstanding. Um, but also he was, a crap defender. Yeah, because he thought he was in the. He was playing. He was playing. You know, when you were a kid, you used to play rush goalkeeper. He was playing rush defensive midfielder. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> He can, he can just take on everyone. Doing Henri against against Spurs, where he ran the entire length of the pitch and around forty players and in and out of the crowd and scored. I think Song thinks he can do that every game, which he can't. No, he hasn't got the capability, has he? Really? Uh, well, he doesn't realise he doesn't, but no, he doesn't. No, oh, but bless him anyway for trying. So I think we can win the League Cup. I think we've got a good chance at the FA Cup, depending on if, like as usual, it'll be fixed so some of the big teams meet each other. Yeah, because uh, I. The FA Cup, it's got warm balls, so they know I'm which sorry, teams to are you, pick. Are you saying that they're actually fixing it at the FA, Danny? <laughs> oh, no. That's God allegedly. Forbid. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, maybe third or fourth in the league, probably League Cup, maybe the FA Cup, quarterfinals of the Champions League. Yeah. No, I think, uh, they... I think you're pretty much right there. I mean... Uh, all I'm hoping for this season that a one that we get the um, um, sponsorship that's coming in, which would be uh, nice, um, and we actually start spending the money rather than um, sitting on it again as we um, as our board does. Um, but yeah, I mean, a trophy. I don't care, you know, a league cup or uh, the FA Cup. I mean, there's no point in just saying, oh yeah, we're going to win the Champions League because there's no way that we're going to actually do that. But League Cup would do us a hell of a lot of a uh, bit of a confidence boost, more than anything else, just for the fans. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm unlucky when it comes to cup finals. I've been to seven and lost four of them. So I'm banning so you I'm... from going from from now on. Then <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to uh, uh, the people who I used to sit with at Arsenal for years, um, Paul and Karen. And I was talking to Paul, and when we were, we were coming back from the Champions League final, we were just going back to the car park. This is well, I say I was going to say which Champions League final, but we've only been in one. And uh, I said I can't believe it's the seventh final I've been. No, that was the sixth final I've been to, and then we'd won three and lost three, and then the next one I went to was the League Cup final in uh, in Cardiff. And I said to him, "Oh, I'm, I'm a jinx. That's, I've uh, I've only won fifty percent." And he went, "Hold on, I've been going since the League Cup finals in the 
60s. And I think he said he'd lost three quarters of his games. And his older brother went, yeah, and I've nearly lost every single one I've ever been to. <laughs> so I think well, between the three of us, we've jinxed nearly every cup final since the mid-60s. So basically, Danny, the whole reason for Arsenal's demise is your fault. That's it. <laughs> it's horrendous. I feel, I feel extremely guilty about it. Well, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Uh, it has. It's been wonderful. Um, are you available on the 6th? On the 6th? Yeah. I'm available 24 hours a day for the right price. Um, well, I'll send you a few um, Marks and Spencer's vouchers. Will that do? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I'm after a new telly, so if you can send us a couple of grand's worth of those, that would be a right treat. <laughs> now, I'm available any time you want. You just let me know the night before, and then I'm, I'll be here. Like a dirty stop out with nowhere to go. Well, as long as you're wearing a hat, we don't mind, mate. But you could, you could be wearing a Christmas jumper. As long as you don't get that Haley right on your podcast. If you do, I'll have to. I'll have to uh, not come on because I can't stand her. Do you, well, ever, do you ever listen to her on podcasts? Yes, yes I do. She was on. Um, I'd be quite honest. If it was between Haley Wright or Amy Lawrence, I know I'd go with every time. Oh, Amy is an absolute legend when it comes to football. She, or do you think she is? Yeah, I do, actually. I think she writes damn well for the Arsenal, I must admit. And I think she has a really good, balanced way of describing things. So, yeah, I've got no... Hayley, on the other hand, um, bless her, I think she's um, lacking something in the um, uh, functional department. But that's as far as I'm going to go on it. (laughs) She was on one with Boyd, and they said, so what will be your Arsenal eleven this season? Um, uh, um, I thought, come on, sweetheart. Come on, pick it. Um... Uh, I think she's getting splinters. She's so much on the bloody fence, and so she blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> Eleven men in a red shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's it. To be more concentrating on what boots they're wearing. Bless I think, Army. I think she does. It does a. I think does a just, video. We've just found the title for the podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven men in red shirts with nice boots. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure yes. to talk to you and um, thoroughly enjoyed it. We've just wasted nearly uh, 38 <laughs> minutes of talking waffle, but it's <laughs> talking waffle about Arsenal, which is what I always love yeah. to do. It's the second best 38 minutes of my life. <laughs> I won't ask you what the first ones were. <laughs> no, I'll have to make something up. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, thank you very much, guys, for listening out there. And uh, until the next time, uh, we'll see you very soon. Take care and ta-da.